0: Well,
1: welcome. Hope everyone is having a great week. The sustainable success way. If you are new to us, again, you found us here at the voice America influencers channel. Again, uh, feel free to check us out also on our Facebook page at sustainable success 2017. There you'll find many of our great guests that we've had, had on over the years, sharing their words of wisdom and knowledge to help scale your business and your personal life to the next level. Sustainable success is all about personal success, whatever that means to you, your well-being, relationships, business, and so on. And again, we bring many great guests that share their wealth of knowledge in helping you to decide what to do from there to take your business and your personal life to the next level. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. They're a, uh, a social media organization dedicated to bringing alumni together, whether if you went to school with other people you know or didn't know. This is a chance to really collaborate, connect, share memories, create new experiences, and perhaps land your next job or your next business partner. Again, check them out at Alumni Direct. That is at myalumnidirect.com. Again, myalumnidirect.com. We have a great show today. We're going to have Uh, Before I introduce our guest, uh, we're going to be talking about three amigos of mental health. And as many of you know here, mental health, emotional well-being is such an important aspect when it comes to sustainable success. Why? Well, when you look at anything, if we are not emotionally aligned, we're not going to be physically aligned, financially aligned, socially aligned, uh, intellectually aligned, occupationally aligned. All the eight pillars of wellness, I could go on. This plays such an important role when it comes to finding some focus and stability in terms of finding success in your life. And so when, when, it, when we look at mental health, this is such an important issue that many of us have to take responsibility for our own health. And you're going to be a gentleman today that did just that. He's going to be sharing some great wisdom from a personal perspective And how he went about doing that and how you can do the same for yourself. Uh, So again, the topic today is the three amigos of mental health. Our guest today is Michael Weitzman. And before I introduce Michael, Michael is a professional, mental health, educational, motivational, inspirational, humorous, and helpful speaker, performer, keynote, and advocate, as well as a stand-up comedian with his own workshop presentation called The Three Amigos of Mental Health that he presents at conferences, clinics, hospitals, and many other organizations. He shares his own mental health story from discovery to recovery, I love that, and recovery to discovery everywhere. And without further ado, we welcome Michael Weitzman to the show. Michael, how are you doing today? I am doing amazing as always. I love it. Well, Michael, I know you and I have been talking now for almost a year and, you know, I've been seeing all the great things that you've been doing. You know, I can relate to this topic in so many different ways. I've been around mental health uh, stuff for quite some time, uh, you, know, uh, you know, being involved around, uh, you know, overcoming limiting beliefs to find, you know, proper alignment with emotional well-being. I personally struggled myself with ADHD. I have a brother who uh, has ADD and is bipolar so I can relate to this in so many different fronts. I'd like to like talk about, you know, first before we get into the three amigos of mental health, why is mental health, why is it so important and what do you feel is happening today and how people
2: look at it? Well, uh, the, the situation regarding mental health, or I really, you know, call it people having mental health challenges, mental health conditions, I'm trying to use the mental illness, the word illness a little bit less, but the reason why it is so important to talk about mental health more than ever, uh, I was doing it way before the pandemic. Now, since we're still in the pandemic and during the last year, there has been so much isolation is one of the biggest symptoms that people are having regarding mental illness and mental health. So what I'm doing right now It's it's really so important for people to tell their story, to tell people that, yes, I did struggle. I did have a lot of problems going on with my mental health, but now I'm working on it. I'm telling the world it's okay to tell people, to share and not feel shame and stigma just because you have something going on with you with someone else that is not. So I'm all about getting rid of the stigma of mental illness and get rid of it to the point that it's almost normalizing it. So you walk down the street and either someone has a broken arm and they're waiting for that arm to heal, it's just like having something as a brain injury uh, that's going on and that also needs to heal and you need to work on your recovery as well. So it's so important that mental health is so important to have for your physical health. And if you don't have the mental, it just, everything that you want to do in life gets very difficult and bad things can happen. So that's yeah. just one of the reasons uh, mental health is so important and dear to my heart.
1: We're, you're so, I can relate so many ways, like, you know, when you look at like ADHD, ADD, there's so many positives to it. If it's channeled correctly, and how creative and innovative you can be, yes, the, yeah, there is the downsides, of course, but like with anything, there's always going to be an upside in, you know, mental uh, health or if somebody has a mental, you know, I guess, you know, yeah, you don't want to call it an illness, but just, you know, maybe just something that, you know, there's always going to be something good that you can find in it. So what would you recommend? You know, there are so many people out there that could be dealing with either Asperger's, they have autism, they have uh, ADD, bipolar, ADHD, or there's so many other different types of mental uh I don't even know what the word I should even use because I don't want to use disorder. I don't want to use illness. I want to look at it as just that, hey, it, you know even if it's schizophrenia, it's just a different way of the way the brain works. What would you recommend for people that have been negatively caught up in this stigma of, of, of it and how they can really embrace it to their advantage and really be of value to other people?
2: Well, the first, the most important thing, uh, either, even when you have uh, an addiction or you're dealing with suicide thoughts, or if you're dealing with, I call it mental health challenges. I love that word because we all have them, either to the fact that it's a diagnosed challenge or maybe you just have a, you know, you're not having a good day or a good week and it's not uh, diagnosed. So the point is, what are we going to do? about people when they're having this mental health challenges situation. So the first thing you have to acknowledge that something is going on with you that is not right. For me, I suffered for over 25 years for suffering in silence. Now here's the most important thing. I suffered in silence with my mental illness or as I call it, mental health challenges or mental health condition or, or mental injury. So I didn't come out of the mental health closet, as I call it, for over 25 years. So I during those times, just like many people are doing now, they have something going on with them, like you said, it could be schizophrenia, anxiety, depression, bipolar. Whatever it is, the most important thing is to understand that don't it's not your fault. First of all, it's not your fault, just like in the movie "Goodwill Hunting," uh, yeah, that movie. movie. Favorite line, when Robin Williams, who won Academy Award for that movie, and I'm a big fan, I'll get into later about Robin Williams, he says to Matt Damon 12 different times, it's not your fault, it's not your fault. So it's important that people understand that something's going on inside with you, with your mental health, that number one, it's not your fault, and number two, when talking about it to anyone, it's not shame, it's actually incredible strength to talk about what's going on inside of you, so that you can work on your recovery and do something about it to get better. And in my case, not just get well, but to stay mentally well. And that's exactly what I'm all about for the last six and a half, almost six and a half years already, of being mentally well, because I struggled for over 40 years with my mental health condition and then 25 years of that before in silence. So again, most important, what I want the audience to know and what they do is that even if something's going inside of you with your mental health, get the help that you need and deal with acceptance and opening up that something's not right and it's okay to talk about it, whoever it is, whoever it is, and get that help that you need and don't feel that you have to go through shame. Because it's not shame, it's strength when you get help.
1: Yeah, that's so true. It's so true. And I really love what you, you're you doing. And and not only are you out there being an advocate to create awareness, but, you know, you, you do it in a way that really, you know, just engages people and brings it, you know, that's the humorous part, The sta- you know, you being a stand-up comedian and so on. And I want to, we're going to get into that a little later in the show, uh, but I wanted to really stay on this topic again because it's such a sensitive topic to certain people. A lot of people that are suffering, like you said, you had suffered in silence for so long because of all the stigma, you didn't want people knowing that people would judge you, it might've affected your job, You know, whatever the case may be. What would you say, again, what would be some other steps that you would tell people to say that if this is happening right now, where they can turn to, where can they feel safe to talk with people about this and so they don't have to suffer in silence that they can now find ways to now do what they could do to channel it in a better way and actually you know again you know where it can benefit not only them but also other people and not feel like they're being judged
2: and and condemned for this condition excuse me to answer that question it's a very very simple question it's it might be difficult for certain people but Even though during those 25 years, and especially the next 15 years, it was important, even when I suffered in silence and I suffered with my mental health condition, that I had a support staff. The support staff, I can't stress enough that you need to have a support staff, whether like for myself, I had my parents, if I didn't have my parents. When I was suffering in silence, and regularly suffering, when I got out of the mental health closet and got help, I wouldn't be here today. I would not be here today if I didn't have a support staff, a strong support staff with my parents. I Man, it doesn't have to be parents. It could be a friend. It could be another type of relative. It could be someone from a coworker. It could be your priest or a, or a rabbi. It could be anybody. Your church. It doesn't make a difference you need and it's important to have a support staff that you have someone to talk to that will understand and not judge you. And very importantly, to not judge because that's one of the biggest problems that people judge people because they have a mental illness. So they're different and they're like a monster. And that is all the old words and the old things that went on for years. And I'm trying to smash that stigma. So again, getting that support staff is so important going into support groups with other people that have your depression bipolar or schizophrenia so you can share with them you can talk with them have a dialogue hey they're just like me man I just so I have something going on with me that doesn't make me a bad person I'm actually as equal to someone else and they're not suffering but we're the same and we're no different so again Support is so important, and again, I also tell people you need to have a backup plan. A backup plan is so important because when I couldn't get rid of my, uh, my mental illness, or my mental health challenges for 40 years, uh, what did I do? I finally developed a backup plan, and I talked to my friends and my sister, and I said, if I couldn't get well, can I at least, and I lose everything, and I lose my kids, I got divorced. Would you take me in? And I had at least a backup plan that I can go to a friend's place to live in Seattle or wherever I had to go. But again, support staff gotta be having a support staff. Whoever you can talk to, and you can go to all these resources like MHA and and NAMI and your and a psychiatrist or therapist. All these different types of, of groups and the clinics and hospitals that can help you, and of course, you know, get you what you get you on the road, yeah. as I call called the triangle and the triangle is you need to see your psychiatrist the psychiatrist gets you your meds and your meds and then you see your talker i call that the triangle i didn't get on my triangle until 1999 that's after 25 years of suffering in silence but again to answer your question support is so important for everyone yeah,
1: support i i agree 100 percent because i know uh when it comes to uh support i mean think about i mean i grew up i'm I'm right now, well, going to be 54 years old. You're you know, young. I have a younger brother who's 52 who had you know, been suffering from mental illness his whole life. But see, back then, nobody, did, people didn't know this. They just thought like you, you were a problem. You were just, you know, you were a delinquent yep. and that uh, you're always up to no good. And, you know, my brother turned to drugs to, you know, to get himself right. That was the only way he knew to feel normal because of what was happening, because he had been, because society had put him into this box that it wasn't okay to come out. He didn't know what to do. And they turned to heroin. They turned to other things that further, you know, escalate the problem further. So, so, so true. And I want to get into more of this. We're going to be going to break in about three minutes, but I wanted to see if there was anything else that you could shed insight to people. You talked about support and, 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 and knowing that they, you know, you're not alone in this. And I think a lot of times people feel like they're alone. What would you say in those cases when they feel like, you know, that they're alone and people won't understand what would, what advice would you give them, in, you know, where they are right now?
2: Well, first I would have them contact me. That would be one way of not being alone. Uh, the other thing is to contact, uh, go on the internet, go on certain places. And as I tell people, there's so much insight that you can find out and Google how to help myself with mental health. There's so many different areas that you can go into. I go into when I talk about and I'll go into it in a little while, the wellness toolbox. That's what got me to finally get to the promised land to stay mentally well and one of it was, was is reading things like Wayne Dyer, books that would be and videos that was about how, to, how, how do I self-improve myself? These are self-improvement tapes, how to be a better person, how to be a better listener, how to be a better father, how to be a better lover. Well, that I don't have to worry about. That's a joke, by the way. But the (laughs) the thing is, is that there's so much you can go on the Internet. You can also you check out my YouTube channel and subscribe and check out all my YouTubes. I talk, I have so much about how we can help people during isolation, during the pandemic, before the pandemic. It's all about, there's so much out there on the internet, there's so many books that you can read, there's so many areas that you can get educated and that's what I did for the last six years. I got educated and all about awareness about how do I get well and how do I stay mentally well. Everybody gets better, but I call it the ticking time bomb effect. Then we get sick again. Then we get better, and then we get sick again, and that's a that that vicious cycle goes on and on for so many times during your recovery, before and after. So, all about go for the research, go for the stuff out there. There's so much material, and that's how that's how I got you know really educated by really reading, watching stuff, and really being a resource now in people's lives and that's really what i am i'm a resource i'm a different approach because i like to use wellness tools and especially using humor you can't see it now but i'm wearing my red nose that's (laughs) patch adams i recommend watch these movies watch patch adams with robin williams he's a genius in that movie goodwill hunting watch these motivational inspirational movies if you're sick and you're not feeling well and you're down right now with your mental illness and you really, really are not doing good. Humor, oh my God, is one of the best things that you should use for your mental health. And there's so many other wellness tools I'll go into in a little while. But that's Yeah,
1: yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to go to break, but this is wonderful. Again, Michael, you're what I love is you're sharing from the heart, you're sharing from your personal experience. And that's what makes people that are suffering in silence, you know, they feel related to and understood. And I, you know, I like to get into. We're going to get into more about the three amigos of mental health, including the wellness tools that you talked referenced here in the first segment. We're going to talk about that in the second segment. Again, any of you that are listening here today, or will be listening here on demand later. Uh, again, this is something that if if you're dealing with this, this you don't. You're not alone i i'm your host chris salem i have adhd i admit it i've had it for all my life but i've been able to manage it for 22 years through a daily routine the sustainable success way we got to go to break but we'll be right back with michael weitzman the three amigos of mental health we'll be right back
0: Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people in businesses manage the problem, but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals, and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us uh, here, we are talking about the three amigos of mental health. We're here with our guest, Michael Weitzman who shares from his own personal experience that you don't have to be alone and you don't have to suffer in silence with mental health. There are many people out there that you might be looking up to and don't even know that they're also dealing with some type of mental health uh, issue. Look at these as challenges, not as disorders, not as illnesses, just as challenges. There are blessings disguised in these things. I have ADHD. I used to suffer from the effects of ADHD because of the symptoms that, that it took me down, you know, always being distracted, getting frustrated and always worrying about everything to a point where I could be laser focused and using the the positives of ADHD to channel that into uh, being more creative and innovative in my thinking and solving problems. So with that being said, uh, we're going to be bringing back Michael here. Michael, uh, if you can share with us, you shared a little bit about the stigma behind mental uh, health. Let's talk about the actual three amigos of mental health, and let's dive in from there with the wellness tools that you had referenced in the first segment.
2: Well, here's the situation. Uh, just just to give a quick clip note before we get into the three amigos of mental health, I'm someone, as I said before, uh, I stuttered at five. Had to deal with that traumatic situation at five and six from stuttering, and then also I failed my road test at 16. At the year eight, 16 years old, and that was traumatic, and that made me have this mental illness as a loser because uh, I couldn't pass my road test. That happened. So then during that time, I got into the mortgage industry, and don't ask, don't ask me. I just dominated and did very well, but. I still had to suffer on and off with my mental illness. But what happened is I suffered and suffered in silence over 40 years of my mental illness. So what was it uh, that happened that I started to come up with a workshop presentation called The Three Amigos of Mental Health. It was in my sixth psychiatric hospital stay in White Plains, New York. And what happened is it was my sixth day. Before that stay, I had I was in five other psychiatric hospitals. I had 22 ECT treatments. That's when they shock your brain. I had a suicide attempt on January 2nd, 2008, and I had six outpatient clinics and I had shingles twice in 9 months. So, I had a lot of suffering going on with my mental health condition. But then in my last psychiatric hospital, just before I went in, on August eleventh, 2014, suicide, as I say, took Robin Williams' life. I call it Robin had Louis body dementia. I say Louis body dementia took Robin Williams' life. I am the biggest Robin Williams fan that you've ever met. I love all his movies, the most amazing comedian, improv, no one better, and I really just hated when I when he heard the news that suicide took Robin Williams' life, and I got very sick, and then all of a sudden, until October sixteenth, two thousand and fourteen, I went into my sixth psychiatric hospital. And that point, I said to myself, I want to, for the finally, after forty years of suffering in silence and suffering with my mental health condition, I want to get and stay mentally well. Came up with the three amigos of mental health. What is the three amigos of mental health? Well, Christopher, you're one of three. The first amigo of mental health is someone suffering with their mental health condition. The second amigo of mental health is someone suffering in silence with their mental health condition. And the third amigo is someone that is not suffering with their mental health condition. And those people are the ones that need the education and awareness more than anybody because they are attributing unfortunately to the stigma so i want all the three amigos sufferers non-sufferers and the ones suffering in silence to all what help and support one another to be friends amigos and that's what it is so i've been all three amigos i suffered in silence i suffered and now I can actually say I am not suffering with my mental health condition for over six and a half, almost six and a half years. So the Three Amigos of Mental Health, what was it about? What is the workshop about? It's about number one, getting rid of this terrible stigma of mental illness, smashing it. We want to normalize it. That's what I want to do and show it's not shame that you come out and tell people that you have a mental health condition. So that's the one thing of the three amigos of mental health. It's also important to in, to deal with acceptance and opening up, which I just said. The next thing is what is the most important thing you need to do when you're suffering, either with a even with an addiction, suicide thoughts, or any type of mental health challenges, is to tell your story, tell your struggles, and my and what I did is tell my struggles and my inspirational mental health story. Uh, how I went from uh, discovery to recovery, and then recovery, now I'm in discovery. And then after that, the most important thing in the workshop, The Three Amigos of Mental Health, is coming up with wellness tools from my wellness toolbox. You can't see it, but it's right here. And using the wellness tools that really like doing meditation. Doing deep breathing exercises, doing affirmations, doing a creed, a prayer, God, Bible, Jesus, acupuncture, hypnosis, uh, walks on the beach. There's so many uh, aromatherapy. There's art therapy. There's so many different, e.g., there's so many different things that you can do with this wellness toolbox when you're suffering with your mental health condition or anything else that's going on with you. It's important to get on the triangle that I said earlier, this is within the three meagles of mental health, see a psychiatrist, get the meds, and then see a talker, in my case, a therapist. But then, you know, do the wellness tools. So while I was in a psychiatric hospital, I'm coming up with a workshop presentation in a psych ward. Think about that. Kind of like similar to the movie Patch Adams where – Robin Williams was in a psych ward and then he got out and became a doctor. So the point is, what is it all about, the three meetings of mental health, is to show that you can have fun with your mental health. And then I got into, instead of the wellness tools, get everyone to use humor, laughter, and smiles in your life. It's so important to use humor, laughter, and smiles. And I'll get into the reasons in a second, but that's so important. So we, what are we doing? The Three Migos is all about helping people, and it's like, so you have a mental health condition. Don't make fun, have fun with it. And it's also the Three Migos of Mental Health is about making it cool, fun, sexy to talk about mental health and mental health challenges, engaging with people, interacting, and showing and sharing and relating to people that, hey, This guy also has a mental health condition. He's mentally well now. I'd like to know what he's taken and what he's doing to make that happen after I suffered and suffered in silence for over 40 years. Well, one thing I wanted to
1: point out when you talked about that, and I know for me personally – it was when I learned how to be transparent and vulnerable for the first time, because I always viewed vulnerability as a weakness. That's what I've been led to believe. That's what I grew up around my father. But transparency and vulnerability, like it was, it it was like a a sense of freedom. It it really set the stage for the healing process to begin. It began to, uh, you know, I didn't feel like I was like closed in, like in a prison, like I could be out there. And and it, people were more understanding and, and embraced you rather than the other way around. And those that really judged you, it didn't matter because you know what, It doesn't matter. There are going to be people like that, but there there are a lot of people out there that are not. And you know, and you can align with them. You know, you have a, a, a you know a sphere of influence that you can really lean on. And then now, and also people can lean on you when those times come. So talk about. From your perspective, the importance of transparency and, and vulnerability when, as ways to now not only heal and get you know get better for what you can do with this with the mental with the mental challenge,
2: but again, how the
1: again turning that more into more positives like you've been talking about.
2: Well, I, I used to be I used to have depression bipolar. So I used to say that's who I was. I am my diagnosis. That's what I was. So I am I'm bipolar. And then once after the forty years, and I started using wellness tools, and I started to finally stay mentally well, I became instead of bipolar, I became bipolar no longer. Again, <laughs> take the bipolar, split it in half, and you get bip. Olar, no longer. So what was? I wasn't this diagnosis anymore. You have so much strength inside your body, just because you might have a mental health condition. You can also have disability. You can have chronic illnesses. But so what? That doesn't make you less of a person than somebody else. So it's all about showing people, no matter what's going on with you, that you have strength inside your body. It's not, you know, why should you feel guilty? that you have a mental health condition. Why should you have the shame because you have something going on with you? It's ridiculous, and it shouldn't be that way. So now, since I have really opened up about my mental health, I'll tell a stranger. I'll tell anybody. I work for a psychiatric hospital. I deal with people in the shelter and homeless people. I want to help them too. They deserve to have a quality life just like anyone else out there. So, rewarding my workshop, And regarding my character that I'll get into if I can briefly, Mrs. Staying Alive, uh, the thing is all about equality, diversity, inclusion, and equity. That's what Michael Weitzman, BIPOLAR, is all about with the workshop and eventually with Mrs. Staying Alive, which is a character I came up with within my workshop that deals with uh, getting rid of the stigma of mental illness by using humor. Mrs. Staying Alive auditioned for the third year in a row for America's Got Talent and I'm hoping to hear in another hopefully one or two weeks that I finally got on TV because she's like the white Medea. She's basically Patch Adams meets Mrs. Dotfire. It's <laughs> my little tribute to the to basically the, to the genius and amazing Robin Williams. My tribute to him and I'm not trying to be like Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Staying Alive stay in alive dances to the bgs staying alive and it's all about us what staying alive and it's all about showing that no matter what i look like and boy do i look pretty interesting as a woman the point is it doesn't matter what i look like it doesn't matter if i have a mental health condition or a chronic illness a disability if i'm elderly we all are created equal and that is what we need more in this united states in America and this world and start judging people just because they have a mental health condition or they might be in a wheelchair or they might have cancer. So I'm doing everything to make that happen and it will happen. If I get on America's Got Talent, boy, oh boy, everybody is going to know that Michael Weitzman was in six psychiatric hospitals, but what did he do to finally get and stay mentally well? And it was the wellness tolls. That I said before, like I did journaling, putting together a do a to do list, smelling the candle that's burning, all these I have a cat. I have a cat. You no, know my cat does. It releases serotonin from my brain. The endorphins, dopamine, these are all good things, which I'll get into if you mind, about why we need humor in our in our in our mental and physical health.
1: No, we uh, we're gonna definitely I wanna talk about we're gonna talk about the humor in the in the next segment and also about more about Mrs. Staying Alive. Is that correct? Miss Staying Alive? Staying S-T-A-Y-I-N.
2: S-T-A-Y-I-N. Missy, okay. Yep.
1: Got Miss- it. All right, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna I know you alluded to that and we wanna wanna shed some more insight on that character. But you know, we got a, we got about uh three and a half minutes to the break. So I wanted to you know, again, just to kind of round out, you know, a little bit about from the three amigos. And we talked a little bit about some of the things that people could do to, you know, you know, get beyond this stigma of mental health that you don't have to feel alone. And what would you say, you know, Michael, like, you know, there, there's so many resources out there, you know, people like yourself. And there's tons of resources out there. But, you know, wherever people are, I mean, where could where would you say, like, would be the first thing to do if, if they're looking to make that first step to kind of get out of their own head, get out of their own prison so to speak, to talk to somebody? Is that somebody, if they work for a company with their benefits program, maybe their EAP? Does they have wellness programs? Is it, you know, somebody in the area that might specialize in mental health challenges? Who, what, what would be that first step that you would recommend?
2: Well, I'll work it from, from the kids on up. Firstly, people that are in elementary, middle school, and high school and colleges, they're all suffering in silence. So they need to come out with their the stuff that's going on with them to tell their parents to have their parents talk to the psychiatrist that might be at the school go to organizations like a nami or uh or an mha or certain clinics or hospitals within their area and again show them it's okay to take if you don't feel good and you're really feeling down and depressed when you're young it's okay and get them to open up about themselves and work on them at an early age and not wait 40 years like me. And then the other thing regarding adults, I mean, the bottom line is one out of four people, you know, you could, let's take Amazon. In Amazon right now, that organization, one out of four people are suffering with a mental health condition. And then that's what we know about. And then the ones that are suffering in silence, we have no idea because they never came out of the mental health closet. So what we need is we need more organizations to talk about mental health more than ever, especially during this terrible pandemic that we that we have still at this time. So, again, that's my goal is a speaker, performer, advocate to get to the schools, to get to the co- the corporations and the organizations and talk to them. Because if there are if they're people that are working for these big organizations uh, are down or they're suffering with a mental health condition, do you think they're being very uh, productive in work? Definitely not. But they can feel good enough to say, hey, my boss, man, I just want to let you know I'm a little not doing that well I have some ADHD or have some anxiety or stuff and the boss is like that's okay we can help you or with organizations there's someone you can talk to or make Michael wife and come to your organization to speak and really get them to get strength to get help and that's really what it's all about normalizing getting help for the brain you know that's that's the- great rocket science <laughs> no absolutely I think this is wonderful what you're
1: sharing and, and it's so true. I know personally for me, you know, I, I hid it for so long. You know, my ADHD, you know, people, I got kicked out of four nursery schools in my first five years of my life, four years of my life. I just thought that I was just a problem child. And then it sort of got a little balanced. I got a little bit better. But yet my racing thoughts and just my, my ability to get really, you know, flustered and angry very easily. Because of those, just the way my mind operated. And, and they've done it. Yeah, it, it's just again, but you know, when people react and they don't understand, but, but then again, I couldn't communicate that to them. I couldn't, because I, at the time, I didn't even know what it was myself until <laughs> I was diagnosed and, and it, it became evident. So, with that being said, everybody, we got more to come here with Michael Weitzman, the three amigos of mental health. This is such a important and critical topic for discussion not only for you personally but any of your loved ones people that you know that again this is something that we can all embrace together we got more to come you're going to learn now a little bit more about michael personally behind the scenes about how what he's done with this to make this fun and be a value to other people to do for themselves so stay tuned for the next segment we'll be right back
0: Again, that's 1-866-472-5795, or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us again, we're talking about the three amigos of mental health. Again, uh, you can listen to this show in its entirety later today here at the Voice America Influencers Channel. You could also uh, check us out at Sustainable Success 2017 on Facebook. And also sustainable success on the Apple Podcast as well as Spotify. Again, you have many ways to listen to this show. Again, we encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety. A lot of great information, insights, personal experience shared by Michael Weitzman. Again, the three amigos of of uh, mental health. With that being said, Michael, when we look at you know you know mental health, you know humor really plays an important role and you talked a little bit about some you know your hero Robin Williams who was very humorous and really was a, and also had his own mental challenges that he had gone through and how he used humor talk about the importance of humor smiling and so on when it comes to addressing mental challenges
2: well this, this is my favorite favorite part of the topic uh, of your of the show because I try to get people to them understand why it's important to have humor, laughter, and smiles in their life, for their mental health, and even for their physical health. Uh, first of all, for you when you're into humor, when you're watching humor, doing humor, or reading humor, whatever the case may be, the important thing that you should know about humor is that it will boost your immune system. Okay, it will lift your mood. It promotes a sense of well-being. That's so important. So the endorphins get released. You also have serotonin that makes a warm and fuzzy feeling happiness thing that gets released from your brain. And also dopamine is a release of a reward experience. So these are three things that come out uh, of your brain when you're watching, acting or just listening to humorous stuff which laugh and laughter and smiles. So boost your immune system, number one, endorphins, lift your mood. It dulls and kills the pain, I mean it really does, if you're having or you're suffering with something going on, it sure definitely dulls and kills the pain. What else does it do? It reduces your blood pressure, it protects the heart, that's why it's great to have humor, laughter and smiles when you're going through a tough time with your mental health condition. Uh, It alleviates stress and anxiety, relaxes the whole body. It's a natural beauty enhancer. Look, oh actually you're on radio, you can't see my face. But anyway, I'm just joking on that one. It's, it's, it also produces empathy. It's contagious. How many times, Christopher, you start laughing and then I start laughing? It's fantastic. It, it's the increase, it increases attention. Uh, it's the way to success. Now if you're going in for a job interview, you throw a little appropriate humor to your new boss. They might like that. It's also helpful. Humor is now accepted, even for job interviews. It's very important, as long as you're not saying anything dirty. It's the way to success. It increases productivity. If your group of people, you work for Amazon or any company, and the people that work there are laughing, smiling, enjoying their day. Do you know how productive people are going to be at their job or even at school? Young kids, older kids, during high school, college, middle school, elementary. You can make learning fun, make it a little humorous. Do you know how much more they're going to learn and be educated that way? And then the most important, besides it also will improve the feeling of, like I said before, well-being. But the most important reason you want to have humor and laughter and smiles in your life it because it will help you live a longer life. You know how I know that, Christopher? I Googled it. I'm just kidding. The point is you have Bob Hope. That was 100. Milton Berle. Uh, you got Phyllis Diller. I can go on. Bob, you know, you got Bob Newhart still alive at 90-something. I mean, you, Jerry Lewis. They're all in their 90s. They're 100. Humor is great. So I, I'm i a comedian. That's why I feel I'm going to live a longer life. But here's the secret. You want to know the secret? Here's the secret. How many times, Christopher, and the audience, this is very important, how many times does a four-year-old laugh and smile during the day? Christopher, you have an idea?
1: I would say probably quite
2: frequently. I don't know the exact amount,
1: but I would say more than any adult would ever be doing, uh, probably five, ten times more.
2: <laughs> well, a, a four-year-old laughs and smiles during the day, 300 to 400 times a day. It's amazing. Now, how many times does a 40-year-old laugh and smile during the day? you have an idea? Ah, oh, God. I would say uh, probably less than five. Between <laughs> three and 12 times a day. Yeah. So what's the message? Start having more humor and laughter and smiles in your day. Watch movies like The... Silver Lining Playbook. Watch Goodwill Hunting. These are not humorous movies, but they're inspirational movies. Watch humorous movies. You know, I mean, there's so many. Watch Robin Williams in Good, Good, uh, good I guess, Vietnam. What is that? Oh good, oh, good morning, Vietnam. Morning, Vietnam. And there's so many different, doesn't have to be Robin Williams movies, but that's my favorite because, again, that is one of the reasons why you got to have humor, laugh, and smiles in your life. And it's all about what? Having fun with your mental health. Don't make fun, have fun. And like I said before, I make it cool, I make it engaging, I make it enjoyable, I make it helpful to talk and work on your mental health and your mental health challenges and to show you that it's no shame if you're suffering with anything. It's not, don't feel guilty. You know, there's a, there's a woman uh, you know of Glenn Close. Glenn Close has an organization for her sister who has bipolar. It's called Bring Change the Mind. And she says, imagine if you got blamed for having cancer. Think about what I just said. Imagine if you got blamed for having cancer. Why do we get blamed for having a mental health condition or a mental health challenge? We shouldn't be getting blamed. It, there's nothing, There's no fault about having something that you're suffering with or opening up that you want to work on it to get better and stay mentally well.
1: So true. So, so true. And I love the fact that, you know, why, you know, as, as, we're, as we're children and as we become, you know, become teenagers, then we become adults, why that level of humor, or in this case, smiling and, and laughing, dwindles?
2: Of why course. does it have
1: to be that way?
2: It doesn't have to be.
1: Yeah. So, and again, we, it's not like we need certain things to make us laugh. We can make ourselves laugh. It, it it's just practice. It's like going to the gym. I know sometimes I go when I go to the gym, I just start laughing to laugh just to get my endorphins up, get my my get me in the right frame of mind when I go to work out. I don't need to listen to some. Not not to say that doesn't help. It does. It's because it, it's great. But it's it it doesn't mean that if we don't have something to make us laugh, we can. We could still
2: make ourselves laugh. Yeah. And I came up with bipolar and gum, okay? I have a routine on that. I do it in my workshop. I say, and I have the I have it here and I throw the gum in the audience. I go, I just really do. I just partnered with Wrigley's, I just partnered with Wrigley's, and I just created bipolar and gum. That's right, bipolar and gum, and I'm throwing it in the audience. Here's some bipolar and gum for you, bipolar gum for you, some for you. As now now you too can have the taste and the feel of having bipolar. That's right, you can have the taste and the feel of having bipolar, but don't worry. Each stick comes with free hospitalization, ECT treatments, and permission to run naked in your local shopping mall. I've done that three times. So chew up, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) chew up, America, and I got schizophrenia and gum coming out next week. What's the (laughs) point? Have fun with your mental health. Don't make fun. Have fun, embrace it. So I have a mental health condition. There is actually some strength that I have from being bipolar, or as I call myself, Bipolar No Longer.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. That's so true. I love it. And and again, we need more. We need more of, of what you do and why you do what you Do Michael, uh, you know, you know, people out there that you know that could step in and do, you know do things to create this awareness because it's so, so important. And, and there's so, like I said, we talked about earlier the benefits of there's so many benefits and positives to mental illness. People who have autism and Asperger's. I know people who have Asperger's that are brilliant. They are brilliant people, but yet, yet people put them into this category that there's something wrong. And, and then they focus on the, you know, the negatives of Asperger's that they're withdrawn. They're, they're introverted. They can't talk to people. They and all of that and they don't look at the positives. so it's so so true
2: and here I just want to let you know what I'm doing is uh, using all of my amazing passion you can't go to school and say I want to take passion 101 doesn't work that way it's life experiences whether struggles or very good things that happen to you so I say I'm using all my passion in giving value and helping everybody with their mental health and their mental health challenges, and what is it all about? I'm all just like in the movie Patch Adams. It's all about how I'm improving everyone's quality of life. It doesn't matter whether it's using it the wellness tools or using humor is improving the people's quality of life, just like Patch Adams did when he put the red nose on during the children's area that all had cancer, all the kids have cancer, and that's where the red nose came for me to put on, even though there's red nose day in May. But the point is, that's a different meaning, that the situation is, it's about improving people's quality of life, just because somebody has a mental health condition, or somebody has cancer, or somebody has is in a wheelchair. They deserve to have a quality of life just like anyone else that is not suffering. And that's what it's all about. Equality, equity, diversity, and inclusion for all people, no matter what is going on with you inside and out. We are all created equal.
1: So, so true. So, so true. No, thank you for sharing that. And this was some really great insight. We got uh, less, just a little less than two minutes. My I want to let people, first of all, I want to thank you for, being uh, transparent, as you always are, and sharing your experience and wisdom with people here that are people that could be suffering in silence with mental health. Let people know a little bit more about, you know, where they could get in contact with you, what you're up to. And uh, again, I want to thank you for being here with
2: us. I appreciate coming. I always love being, uh, helping people out and helping you and your show. What you can do, first of all, is I'm doing tons of web webinars and Zoom webinars, Zoom podcasts, regular podcasts. I'm getting on TV, radio. I'm trying to get on all the big ones like the Ellen DeGeneres and Kelly Clarkson. I will get there. And then, like I said, hopefully, I'll get on America's Got Talent so I can change the words view to, by getting rid of the stigma of mental health. So I'm doing, i have writing my book. I'm trying to get a movie out. I want this three me equals of mental health be a be something that is a resource for everybody in this world that needs a dose of me that I can help them, and that's what it is. And it's not about my my ego. Uh, you know what ego stands for? Yep. It stands for edging God out. Yeah, and that's from Wayne Dyer. And it's all about having this humility, having this humor, having this uh, humbleness. But, of course, having the passion to help everyone so they can get me on my YouTube channel. Please uh, subscribe. And that's going to be from uh, Michael. It's going to be for Michael Weitzman on YouTube. Facebook is Michael Weitzman. On Twitter, it's at M. Weitzman 3. Weitzman spelled W-E-I-T-Z-M-A-N. That's at M. Weitzman 3 on Twitter. Uh, And then basically on Instagram, it's Weitzman Michael. They can check out all yeah. my videos, all my yeah. mental health videos, inspirational, motivational speaking yeah. videos. I'm here to be a difference in people's lives, to improve it, and make them feel a hell of a lot better than they are now.
1: Thank you so much, Michael. Michael, thank you. Appreciate being here. Guests, we appreciate and listeners being here every week, the Sustainable Success Way. We got to get going, but we'll be here next Thursday, the Sustainable Success Way, same time with another great guest sharing their words of knowledge and wisdom to help scale your business, personal life to the next level. Till then, have a great rest of your week.